it just, it simply doesn't matter where you look, all of those problems are in one way or another connected with electromagnetics. And if we were able to really solve these problems and get a community working together on these, we could just make a difference in a whole variety of areas. Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off, in-depth conversations in applied geophysics. I am joined by three guests here to discuss the upcoming 2017 SEG Distinguished Instructor Short Course, or DISC, getting started January 30th in Denver, Colorado on Electromagnetics Fundamentals and Applications. For registration information, visit seg.org disc. Dr. Doug Oldenburg is Professor of Geophysics, Director of the Geophysical Inversion Facility, and World Leader in Geophysical Inversions. Throughout 2017 at locations around the world, Doug will cover applications of electromagnetic geophysics across mining, oil and gas, geotechnical, water, and environmental industries. Lindsay Hagee and Sagi King, both PhD candidates at the Geophysical Inversion Facility at the University of British Columbia, will join Doug on the upcoming 2017 DISC tour and join Doug and me to discuss the year ahead. Our conversation next. So Dr. Oldenburg, Doug, you have said that EM geophysics is not well understood and therefore not always applied perfectly. How do you hope to change that with this tour and your work? Uh, it is, the, the statement that you made is definitely true. Uh, EM geophysics is not uh, really well understood. In fact, it's, it's rather complicated in, in, in many ways, and that's, that's part of the, the difficulty. And there's been so many applications of geophysics with different kinds of techniques, uh, and that all makes it a bit uh, more confusing. So I guess our goal is to try to assemble people in a room, uh, a large number of people from various disciplines who all have been interacting with uh, electromagnetic geophysics in a whole variety of problems. We wanna get them into a room and we want to talk to them about you know, different kinds of problems that exist and where electromagnetics can play a role. So that's, that's where we're really going. We're, we're trying to connect real-life problems with fundamentals and see if we can work through case histories and, and get people to really understand what's going on. And I think with that, and because there'll be so many people from different <clears throat> walks uh, and areas of disciplines, uh, that, that we can actually make a difference here. What can participants expect from a day with with the three of you, I, I, are you all three going to be at all of these tour stops? Or, you know, with you, Doug, you know, what can participants expect of a day in your DISC class? With the day in the DISC <laughs> class, um, I will be the main presenter, but one of either Soggy or Lindsay will be with me. Um, this is definitely a multi-person uh, event that, that's required, even for the DISC course. Uh, there's actually two parts of this uh, that are happening at each stop. There's a DISC course, which is an eight-hour uh, get-together with people where we talk about case histories and fundamentals and, importantly, try to engage the audience uh, through the use of you know, interactive apps so that they can you know, visualize fields and you know, ask questions about what's going on and be able to get answers. Uh, but the second day is going to be something called DISC Lab. This is entirely new, uh, certainly to the SEG, which is uh, 
hosting this tour. Uh, and it consists of an opportunity to get together with a, a smaller group of people, uh, each of whom has got a particular problem that they're really interested in. Uh, we're going to ask them to tell us about their problems. We're going to try to capture that on a, on a sort of a lightning talk and have it posted. And then we want to get together with the whole group, discuss their problems, uh, you know, dissect them, and just see, you know, where they're where there might be new interesting research opportunities or whether you know this was just a dramatic example of uh, a successful use of geophysics throughout the disk lab if we capture particular problems and have them posted you know then you as an academic in another university might look at that and say wow that's a really interesting problem i've never done anything on that maybe i should do that or from your own perspective if it's your problem you've got to a certain part and being able to solve this and you think, wow, what do I do now? I'm, I'm stuck. So if you have a community out there that you can reach out and engage, that can really promote the advancements in the whole field. So the, for, the first tour stop is January 30th in Denver, Colorado. You know, how will those that are going to participate in Denver and at the other locations shape and define this day-long course and the tour as a whole? You know, the SEG disc uh, is usually fairly specialized and it goes around talking primarily to experts in the field and at each location. Uh, there are some exceptions, but I think probably typical attendance is maybe more in the, you know, the 20 to 30 range, right? Which is actually quite effective in the sense that, you know, they're, they're reaching out to the experts and that may be most of the experts uh, in that particular field. At that location. Uh, our mission is a bit different because it's very, very diverse as far as the potential number of people who could uh, participate and benefit. Uh, so you actually might be, you know, a geophysicist who knows a lot about many aspects of electromagnetics, but, you know, we might be able to tell you something that, you know, you didn't know about something else. There's also a a large number of people out there who are using electromagnetics, uh, you know, the data from them, but really have no, no real comprehension about what exactly that is, right? There's, in the mining industry that we're familiar with, I can show you all kinds of people that would drill on a first red spot that they saw on a 2D image, right? Um, without really understanding where that comes from or what's, what's involved. So, what I think is going to be our you know, potential impact is first of all, to have all these people from different areas just getting into a room and realizing like, oh my gosh, that all these other people are somehow connected with EMG physics. We're all working with the same four Maxwell equations, right? But we're all doing very, very different things. And I think just being in that same room together of people who are all kind of connecting, trying to communicate, trying to understand what's going on and where this thing can be effective. I think we can, I think we can make a difference. And that's really, that's really the goal of this. We want to increase the use and the usefulness of electromagnetic geophysics. There's one thing I would like to add to that as well. I mean, one of the big goals that we've sort of set for ourselves and for this tour is really building community. And so having 
attendees who come actually get plugged into a network of people. Um, and, you know, there's so many different ways you can do that with social media and with um, all these web-based resources. And so I think part of, part of Denver is a bit of an experiment in how, how do we, you know, gather these people and how do we make sure that people who are interested can stay connected. Um, and in particular with the DISC lab, that's an opportunity as well, not for, I mean, for people to come and to tell their stories. And so for us, our job there is to also help, help make sure that that story is captured and shared um, and make that be a connection point for them as well. Um, so I think that those are some exciting unknowns that we'll be exploring and learning from Denver for sure. And as you said right at the beginning, uh, the way that we're trying to get connected with uh, individual communities uh, as we're taking the tour is first of all contact them try to get case histories uh, that are relevant to their area and then we put these on the web and so now we've got something really tangible when when we go and then on the disk lab portion that's where we'll also capture a lot more information and you know really if if we could get five or eight uh, different case histories at each place that we go to and we do 30 stops you know that's, that's over 200 case histories reflective of all of the problems around the world and connected you know perhaps a lot with you know water issues or expiration of or, you know from minerals or hydrocarbons or geotechnical or geothermal I mean there's a lot of commonalities there and, and I think that we, because we're working on the same types of problems and with the same EM types of physics, uh, there are natural connecting points. You know, typically a book has accompanied the DISC lecture tour. What have you all built in its place of the book this year? Yeah, so we have a, have a site called GeoSign. And on that site, there's uh, a number of uh, elements. One of them is called EM GSI. And this is a resource, it's open source, uh, so it's freely available and we're actually looking for other people to contribute to this. And it has got a whole host of different aspects with respect to electromagnetics. We, there's things about the fundamental laws, who, who developed uh, the initial laws that were you know, eventually put forth by Maxwell. Uh, there's ideas about you know, fundamentals of uh, uh, steady state types of process where there's, uh, you're just driving a current into the ground and everything is uh, not changing in time. And there's frequency and time domain examples to really understand the physics of what's going on and then how each of the different surveys works. So there's a whole section on geophysical surveys. So it's, it's a way of kind of connecting everything from the case history to the surveys to the fundamentals and for you to allow to actively uh, investigate all of that without uh, being encumbered by you know actually a big book that uh, it's hard to kind of figure out where you where you are. The way we've been developing EM GeoSci I think is quite exciting is we've had you know like 17 contributors who've been able to jump in and add to and enhance the resource. And I don't think that there's many media 
styles out there that let you do that. I mean, I can't imagine trying to write a textbook with 17 people. Um, whereas this is actually, you know, we get a bit of structure there uh, and then we chat about it as a group and people can jump in and iterate back and forth and have that happen. Um, and also in terms of what we're doing with the apps, a lot of those are actually built on top of uh, open source software that we use for our own research. Um, and so in a lot of ways, it's really exciting seeing these, like the software being used at a whole bunch of different levels. Like it's being used to do cutting edge research. We're wrapping it up to make these interactive visualizations and put slide bars on Maxwell's equations so that you can interrogate, you know, build your own model and see what the currents are doing. Um, but, you know, we haven't lost anything along the way. So if you are starting at the starting point and you want to just play with the slide bars and understand how Maxwell's equations are working. Actually, all of the pieces to go deeper, and if you want to eventually, you know, build up your own simulations and things like that, everything is there. The whole spectrum is there. We were pushing hard to make it available in online. So you don't need to actually like what's really bugging us sometimes actually installing all of these packages and make it work. So we don't want to avoid that. So we want to make online available. So we're using instance like binders and those kind of python or jupyter notebook those kind of technologies to make it available in online so it's alive so people can just going to their website clicking it they can start actually this apps so that's uh kind of probably important things so this is this is for all three of you please finish this sentence if em methods reached its full potential it could i guess what motivates me and what is motivating me for my entire career uh, is the ability to use quantitative geophysics to answer important questions. And electromagnetics is connected with so many kinds of problems. I mean, it, it, it simply doesn't matter where you look these days whatever you're doing, I mean, even all the engineering stuff that we have, I mean, we've got lights here, we're communicating, you know, on this computing device, all of that is, you know, Maxwell's equations, right? Um, but on the kind of from that more geophysical side or uh, geoscientific side, just, there's just so many problems that could be helped, uh, could be solved or helped solve by using uh, electromagnetic. So, so long as people know what the potential is, so long as people use it properly, uh, it it can really make a difference. Whether it's for you know monitoring issues, whether it's you know maybe you're trying to do carbon sequestration and you're you know, wanting to know where the stuff is going or all this stuff with fracking, right? Like wh what's happening underground? Where is it? You know, where's it going? How do you, how do you find this, this stuff? You're looking for resources or you're looking for water. Is water table changing? Are, are we getting contaminants in? Is the permafrost melting? It just, it simply doesn't matter where you look. All of those problems are in one way or another connected with electromagnetics. And if we were able to really solve these problems and get a community working together on these, we could just make a difference in a whole variety of areas. Picking up on the quantitative interpretation for asking, like being able to address important questions, um, as Doug said, but 
I think to integrating with other methods. Um, so with electromagnetics, we are, we're looking at primarily electrical conductivity or resistivity, um, but to actually fully diagnose any sort of um, geologic or geotechnical setting or a monitoring problem if we're doing fracking or something like that. It's a piece of the puzzle. Um, and so if we can actually, you know, interface to these other pieces of the puzzle, like seismic, like our geologic knowledge, and actually build up and strengthen those interfaces so that we can get meaningful information into and out of these different fields, um, I think that that would be a game changer in terms of how we are interpreting things in the earth. So what I personally like is understanding fundamentals. So what I'm excited about, like working with Doug with this course is like, I want to understand electromagnetics by myself first. And what other thing, what I want to do, I want to transmit uh, those, my understanding to the other people. To do that, I, I, I need to fully understand. And, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure what EM method is reached the full potential. So I think that state has mean it's like a steady state where like uh, people understand what's going on, what's the fundamentals of EM application fully. So I don't know, I think uh, we could do a lot of things, but I, I, want, I really want to help to get to the steady state that people can understand uh, about this problem and then they understand this problem. They know uh, how to use this problem for their problem so that we can actually make this helpful to the world. You've mentioned a few times now th this idea of case histories. Could you explain a little bit, you know, to potential participants what you mean by case histories? Right. So case histories uh, really form a backbone of a lot of what we're going to do. Um, each case history is divided into seven steps, which I think most people would think are really natural. The, the first step is called the setup. So that's where you elaborate on, okay, what's, what is the problem that I'm really trying to solve? Uh, what background information do I have? What do I really want to get out? Then the second part is connection with properties. Which physical property? Is it conductivity? Or maybe it's magnetic permeability or dielectric constant, um, and what ranges should we expect for, for, for those things? Once you decide on that physical property, then you can decide, okay, which survey should I take? Uh, so I'm going to do an electromagnetic survey, but there's a ton of different surveys out there. So within the context of survey, you need to have some idea about what you're going to get out of uh, you know, a particular type of survey and how to, you know, where to put the transmitters and the receivers so that you've got good signal. So the next step is then the data. So that's where you actually gone out and acquired the data, just a whole bunch of numbers, time, frequency, tons and tons of numbers, which you can plot up, but they mean absolutely nothing in general, irrespective of how you try to plot them. So that means that you need to do the next step, which is the processing, uh, which might be filtering of the data, you know, making some maps, but generally it's involving inversion. That's where we take the data, we input it into this big mathematical optimization box, and we get out a three-dimensional uh, model of the Earth, a three-dimensional distribution of that electrical conductivity. And then the final step is 
really address the initial question like, okay, we've got this interpretation. What impact has it had on our, uh, on the problem that we set out to do? So that's, that's sort of the synthesis part. So each case history is divided into these seven steps. And I think by doing that, by compartmentalizing things, it really is easy for people to kind of understand, okay, where are they in the whole procedure? Am I at the data acquisition or am I having difficulty with the inversion part and processing or, or, or what? So those case histories then uh, form a lot of purposes, both from understanding uh, where people are, as well as just illustrating uh, what types of problems uh, can be solved this way. So this is a good way to, to go into the last question. And again, this is for all three of you. How do you see yourself and the field of electromagnetics benefiting from this year-long disc tour? As in most aspects of life, if you have knowledge and understanding, you are in a position to make an informed decision about something. And I think that's the thing that, that we can do. We can, we can open up the vision of where electromagnetics can be applied. And we'll do that just simply by showing how many areas that uh, it has been applied. And these are our case history kinds of stuff that we've been talking about. The other is that just fundamental understanding and uh, of, of what's going on and, and connectedness. So I, I think we put all of those, those things together. We have this ability to get a community that understands what's going on and can responsibly use electromagnetics under the right circumstances, not oversell it. And that's what we want to prevent, right? We want you know, kind of be a little bit more cautionary, a little bit more, a greater sense of what could be expected on a realistic basis. And I think with that, we'll have really done something that is, is useful for that community. In terms of how this year's DISC is going, I think it's really interesting in the sense that it is hopefully a starting point for a lot of people. And so in a way, you know, we've been working very hard building EMGSI and building up all of these apps to create ways to equip people with knowledge and equip them with ways to interrogate and ask questions. I mean, part of the purpose of creating an app is so that anybody who attends, you know, you now have control over this simulation and you can ask your own questions. You're in the driver's seat. Um, and so this course sort of serving as an introduction and an introduction to EM geophysics as a field, an introduction to some of the resources you can connect with um, in terms of, you know, finding further knowledge, uh, like what we're trying to do with EM GeoSci, you know, things that you can play with and explore like these apps. And then eventually getting into, um, if you're working with data and really do need to be doing computation, um, getting connected with open source software like SimPipe. And so hopefully the, this is a, an interesting starting point, you know, um, yeah, enable people to actually explore this field on their own a bit further as well. I want to like, talk a little bit of open source and open source software development aspect, because uh, like, uh, we're using a different terminology. For instance, if you're using different languages or different computational languages, sometimes it's very hard to talk to the people, although you're talking about exactly the same problem. But the, what I'm excited about, like, also like a, 
open source software is the engine of the apps and also a lot of this pieces, but the, because we're like at least working at the same framework in the computational language. And that gives a similar thought process. So when I'm working with the people in a different group or different countries working with the different applications, but I can still talk to them very easily because we're using similar framework and similar numerical tools, um, which is actually tested and well verified with multiple people. And uh, I think that'll grow and that'll open up a whole bunch of like, that'll actually expand the scope of people, what we can do, what they can do as well. So I think uh, this will motivate this kind of, uh, kind of uh, like expanding the scope for the other people in the world. In, in electromagnetic geophysics, there's a pivotal document published in a book by the SEG, and it was a, a big chapter by Ward and Holman, which is, I think, used by every, certainly every graduate student that came through UBC, and I think from a lot of other places too. And that has become, it's kind of like a Bible, right? If you want to know something, you go to Ward and Holman. The thing about that is that you, if you go to Warden Holman and you look up uh, you know, an electric dipole in a whole space, you get this equation, right? And it's, it took a lot of work to derive that equation, but there it is, it's, you know, it's, it's an equation. Okay, so what? So now when somebody comes along and you program that up and you apply, you, know, you, you compute what the field are at a particular point, uh, you know, for a couple of different scenarios, or you draw a profile line, right? And then that gets published in a book, right? So that's, that's okay. One picture is worth a thousand words, right? So we've already got, you know, the importance of the picture. But now you go to an app that takes that equation and it makes it live and it connects it up with some slider bars and you can ask questions you can visualize fields, you can visualize currents, you can visualize data. I mean, you just get such an insight. And especially by watching things in higher dimensions, you have a better understanding of what your data are like. Your data are always like a particular instrument at a particular place at a particular time, right? So you see something, it's a number. But even if you have a line of data, you can't really figure out what's going on. If you see the three-dimensional fields, and now you see, oh, I'm, me I'm measuring this field at this location and this time, I get it. I've got it. I've got this mental image of exactly what's going on. And therein lies the power of this interaction and visualization capability of these apps. At seg.org slash podcast, you will find the show notes and links for all the details for the upcoming Distinguished Instructor Short Course. The first event kicks off January 30th in Denver. Registration info at seg.org slash disc. If you enjoy the show, review us on iTunes. Your review helps others find the show. Season 1 of Seismic Sound Off is sponsored by the SEG Wiki, home to hundreds of biographies of key geoscientists, geophysical tutorials, and core content from the science of applied geophysics. Visit wiki.seg.org to learn how you can grow the world's first online geophysics encyclopedia. Original music by Zach Bridges. This episode was produced by Isaac Farley and hosted, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Gary. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off. Signaling off.